to another engaging episode of Elevated Insights, a TCSD podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us again. This week is part two of our discussion about school safety as we continue our conversation with Bob Curfew, the Safety and Security Director for the District, and Mert Russo from the Twilla County Sheriff's Department, who is the school resource officer at Stansbury High School. Last week, we delved into the roles of a school resource officer in our schools and explored the connection between law enforcement and the district. Today, we're taking things a step further. We'll be getting into the nitty-gritty details of the systems and procedures that are integral to ensuring that everyone is on the same page when it comes to school safety and some of the terms that are vital for efficient communications. Let's dive into uh, standard response protocol. Sure. So... Explain what this is and mm-hmm. why it's important for school safety. And then we can also talk about law enforcement's role in, in the standard response protocol as well. So, Bob, yes. if you want to kind of start that off. I love the standard response protocol. And I, I think before we before I get into the nuts and bolts of the protocols, I want to give you a history a little bit of, of, the, of how this came to be. Um, standard response protocol was developed by a foundation called the I Love You Guys Foundation. And, and that's spelled, I love, and, and the U is just a U and guys. And, and that's important because this was created by a family uh, that, that lost a daughter to a school shooting. Uh, the daughter, her name was Emily Keys. Uh, she was one of the hostages taken at the Platte Canyon uh, High School um, almost 20 years ago now. And the family really, really wanted to find a way to, to create a system for schools that this would never happen to their child. Um, and so they did a whole bunch of research. They talked to um, school districts, police agencies across the country. And the one thing that they all decided that was necessary was there needed to be a protocol put into place that everybody could understand. Uh, not only the school districts, but the police agencies, um, the, the first responders, fire, everybody can understand what the protocol is and how it's, and how it's put into place. So that's kind of the history of standard response protocol. There's, there's essentially five protocols that we, that we really focus on. Uh, they are hold, secure, lock down, evacuate, and shelter. And we, we kind of have a foolproof way of, of teaching our, our staff, this is what we do in certain protocols. So um, for example, if we were to go into a secure protocol, that is, that is just essentially, there's an external issue that may be happening in the community that, that we want to make sure doesn't come inside our school. And that could be like, the 7-Elevens being robbed down the street. And we wanna make sure that that robbery doesn't impact our school. So we wanna just secure our building. Uh, And what that looks like is just locking all of the exterior doors and making sure the kids don't leave the building, make sure that nobody comes into the building. That's, That's really what we're concerned about. Everything that happens when a secure protocol is enacted, everything that happens inside the school, nothing changes. 
kids can still move about. Kids can still go from classroom to classroom. Kids can still go down to the lunchroom. There's nothing that should change the educational situation inside that school when that secure protocol is put into place. And Bob, you mentioned that, so, that all of our elementary schools every day run under a secure that's, protocol. That's correct. Our elementary schools, be, because the kids do not need to, to leave the campus with the exception of going to recess. When all of those kids are inside that school, our elementary schools are in constant secure protocol. All of the exterior doors remain locked at all times. And yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And so, uh, okay. And so Bob, let's talk about when we, when we enact one of these protocols, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of which one it is, uh, what are the, what are the steps and then at what point in a protocol would law enforcement be made aware of or help us out in those? Well, often, oftentimes it's, it's law enforcement that contacts us. So let's, let's use this example of secure uh, that, we were, that we were just talking about. We don't know as a school district what's going on on the outside. At, at all times. We depend, honestly, on Deputy Russo, uh, our Tula City Police Partners, our Grantsville City Police Partners to contact me and say, hey, we've got a situation going on down at Walmart or down at the 7-Eleven and getting robbed. And, and that would be my decision or, or even a principal's decision at that point to, to say, okay, let's, let's put this, the school into secure protocol. Um, the same, the kind of the same scenario, it, it's sort of a, and I hate, sometimes I hate using the term situation dictates, but it's often a situation dictates kind of a scenario. If it's a, if it's a lockdown, if it's a, if it's an evacuate, that would be enacted by the appropriate people at the time, a, a principal, a school administrator. Uh, I may be privy to information that I might need to call, call the principal and say, hey, you need to put your school into a lockdown protocol or a secure protocol. And it would basically be a decision that we would make. Sometimes it would just be made. Um, and it could be, we are looking at um, uh, some scenarios in which a teacher could enact a protocol if they see something that um, nobody else might see. Maybe they're standing by their window and they see somebody that's walking into the school with a gun, or maybe they see a fight that's happening outside. They could possibly enact a protocol. Um, we're, we're actually working on a system <laughs> right now that's part of the grant uh, where we could possibly um, get them to communicate that easily and quickly to our administrators so that we can put those protocols in place. So uh, it's a village, really. It's, it's a team effort. Um, I'm not going to say it comes down to one person because it certainly doesn't. Yeah. And then Deputy Russo, so let's say that we go into, at Stansbury High School, so our high schools are a little bit unique because Man, to secure a high school is a big deal because we have students constantly coming and going on a parent release. We have students who uh, go across the street for a release time at a at a seminary building. Uh, not to not to mention just the normal business that happens in this in the school. So, when a secure is called at Stansbury High School, what what would be your job on the inside to help our our school teams out? So, uh, Doctor Ernst, funny you mentioned that because we had a secure. Drill today, oh, <laughs> which is awesome. So uh, secure is we're locking the doors, right? Making sure that nobody's coming in or out. And the administration 
they did a great job at making sure all the doors were locked. Deputy Penrod and myself, we he walked the halls. I went to the parking lots. He went to the where the portables are. So we're constantly it's it's a fluid, right? Like it's a good. Where's the what? What is going on? What's the threat? What's why are we in a secure <clears throat> lockdown? Um, and and if it's the Seven Eleven being robbed or whatnot, law enforcement's going to probably be there, right? And so our jobs to protect the school, right? Um, so to make sure that that threat doesn't come to the school, making sure that we're out and about being observed by the students and letting them know that you're safe, we're out here, and also observing what's going on around us. So well. what happens if uh, the secure is called and you're out in the parking lot and you, you see a kid who, who just arrived at school and then they're walking from their car back into the school, but we're secure. So what happens to that student? So great question. I brought that up to the administration today. <laughs> and that's a great question. Um, if they're being dropped off at the school, like that's exactly what happened today. Um, we called the secure. This We locked the doors and the girl got dropped off at the main doors. Now at the doors, there's an administrator or a teacher, or if they're on a prep hour, you know what, whoever can man that door. And in that scenario, if they're coming to the school being dropped off, we're gonna let them in. That's what, that's what we're gonna let them in the school um, because we're securing around the school, right? We don't want them out and about um, leaving the school. Uh, we want to bring them into the little small Especially doors. where we know the threat is maybe two blocks away. Right. You're in constant communication with your colleagues who are on scene knowing if something needs to change. Yep, yep, you yeah. nailed it, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And, and if I may, one thing about these secures and one thing that I'm super excited about with, with the new high school going in is that they are basically installing part of that um, in, in the construction process. They're installing a one button access to secure so that we don't have administrators going from door to door or having to do some sort of software um, system going into some kind of system to, to put the doors into secure. It can just be a one button click and everything's locked down, or at least the exterior doors. And uh, that is something that we're trying to, to do for all of our secondary schools. So. And Bob, you mentioned something earlier about um, even a teacher can, can notify, right? The mm -hmm. administrators and whatnot. And, and in Stansbury High School, in every single room, there's an emergency button that goes to our front office. And so if they need help, it goes to the administrative assistant who answers that immediately. And then we know if there's an emergency mm -hmm. in that classroom or not. And so when you mentioned that, even a teacher can let us know. Right. It's very active, like right. it's in the moment. So with the Safe UT app, Bob, when a tip comes in, talk to us a little about the monitoring of those tip lines and then maybe some of the, uh, really briefly, some of the other monitoring that the, the school district does. Sure, sure. So. The monitoring of those tips, uh, we we are very liberal with with who um, with how those are filtered down. Uh, we have, uh, I believe, at, at least three, maybe five. I, I, superintendent, I think that even you get the, the tips. Yeah, um, we there are several district officials that that get all of the tips, and if the tip comes in and and we know what the school is is in relation to, that tip will go to the administrator of that school. Additionally, law enforcement has access to those tips as well. Um, so I, I, I'll be honest, there's been times where a tip has come in on a, on a Sunday afternoon 
and uh, I'll look at it. And before I can call the police, they're already on it. They've already, they're already investigating. Sometimes we get the tips that might say this is a, a school threat of some form or other. And, and so they, in addition to the school, there are community resources that have access to these tips. But for the most part, when they come through, they get filtered down to the school and the administrators handle it. What other monitoring do we do uh, in the school district? So we also have a, a monitoring service that was just purchased by our IT department this last year. It's called BARC. And what BARC does is it, it monitors our, our school accounts, our school Chromebooks. It monitors our, our, Google, our student Google accounts. Um, and BARC will alert us when they believe that there's a severe issue that needs to be discussed. Um, it could be anything from um, inappropriate sexual stuff, pornography. Um, if a kid is searching um, inappropriate images or, or that kind of a thing. Uh, but for the most part, my, my component of this is, is concerns regarding mental health, depression, suicide. Uh, if we get something that's to the effect of hey, we have a kid that's searching how to kill themselves or, or how, to, how to overdose on a drug. Um, that alert would, would come to me and then immediately I would share that with the parent. Um, and sometimes if it's, if it's an imminent threat, Bark will actually call me before I can even see what's on the dashboard and they'll say, hey, we have a student that we're, we're really concerned about. Please, please take appropriate action. And, and I, in addition to calling the parent, I, I loop in the school counseling department and um, our counseling director, Mitzi Juarez, who shout out to her, she's amazing. And, um, and we put the appropriate uh, steps in place to, to make sure that that kid is safe. Yeah, so that's great. Just one more layer yes. of safety protection for our students. Yes. Well, Bob and Mert, thank you for joining us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for this episode of Elevated Insights. I do want to give a special shout out. Each uh, week when you tune in, you hear music playing uh, as we start our episodes and as we end our episodes. And that music is actually provided by our school counselor at Dugway High School, Julie Ernst. And so a special shout out to her, uh, who also happens to be my wife. So... Uh, <laughs> Maybe someday I'll tell the story of that song. But, but thank you for joining us uh, this week on Elevated Insights. Please make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Be kind to one another. And remember to elevate yourself by elevating others.